everybody. Thanks for inviting us into your space. Yes, we are glad to be with you today, and uh, we're excited for our service today and the experience we're going to have together. And I'm going to be honest about something I don't feel a whole bunch of excitement about. Oh, no. It's how this back backdrop <laughs> has been the same since, like, the beginning of time. And so I can't change the backdrop, but Jenny, I brought you something. <laughs> I love all your surprises. It's important to have surprises. <laughs> I have brought I'm something starting to feel the pressure. that I think is going to kind of help the whole service. <laughs> it's a sailboat. So, so I can't change the background, but I can de decorate our table. Um, I like somehow I think the sailboat is going to have something to do with our service this somehow today. today. I will come back and I will incorporate it. <laughs> hey, speaking so, of our service today, KG's going to be here. He'll be able to talk to you. Okay, so, so I am here on Facebook. I am here chatting, so please say hi, or if you have any questions, or I can pray for you, or, or something. I'm here, so uh, chime in and say hey. Yes, if you are watching uh, on Sunday, he's available. If you are watching at another time, we would still love to connect with you. You guys can email us um, anytime throughout the week, or anytime. You can also uh, fill out our digital connect card. You can find that um, in the link tree that is available um, in this post. Cool. So. I'm going to say a prayer for our service and for our time together. Um, so please join me. God, uh, thank you for, for being here in our homes, in our car, on vacation, in other countries, in our apartments. I don't know. All the places that you are. Um, thank you. Um, you are incredible for seeing us in all the places that you do. God, bless this time. Our hearts are expectant for the things that you are doing, eager to hear the things you are saying. Please transform us. Please give us the ears to hear the things that you are saying so that it impacts us deeply. Please come, Jesus. In Christ I pray. Let's tune our hearts to the Lord now. Wherever you are, let's just join together. We'll raise up a song of praise in our hearts, God. my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me and I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior Lord, that cursed the tree We look to you, Jesus. His body bound and drenched in tears. They laid him down in Joseph's room. The entrance sealed by every stone. Messiah is still. 
high and lifted up, Jesus, be high and lifted up. And on the third, I break a dawn, the Son of Heaven rose again, oh, trample death, where is your sting, the angels roar for Christ the Praise and open reason. 
Come now, Holy Father, and speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Christ community, so glad you are joining us online. Uh, if you have your Bible or Bible app, feel free to turn to the book of Philippians chapter 2. We are going verse by verse through this amazing letter that Paul wrote to a group of Jesus followers in the city of Philippi. I don't know about you, but I've been amazed at how relevant and applicable this letter has been to us in our current situation. This is especially true in the passage that we're looking at today. In, in the midst of all the craziness going on in our world right now, in the midst of all the things that are provoking fear and uncertainty and frustration in our hearts, it is so easy for us as believers in Jesus to lose sight of our purpose. We can start to get into this hunker down mentality and lose sight of how God is calling us to live in the midst of the darkness all around us. Well, apparently the Philippian believers were struggling with a similar thing. So Paul takes some time to remind these believers and us of what our purpose is as we live in the midst of a very dark world. So here's what he says in the middle of the passage that we're looking at today. Verse 15 Philippians 2, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault in a warped and crooked generation, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. There's our purpose. Even though we live in a dark world, a world marked by violence, abuse, anger, prejudice, etc., we as followers of Jesus get to shine like stars in the sky. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, one of the most breathtaking wonders of creation is found by simply looking up in the middle of the night and seeing the stars on display, seeing the Milky Way and the Big Dipper. It is inspiring. It is beautiful how simply and powerfully they shine in the midst of utter darkness. And Paul says, that's what we get to do. In the, midst of a very, in the midst of a very dark world, we get to shine, not in an obnoxious or offensive way, but in an inspiring, attractive, beautiful way, so that the darker it gets, the more clearly Jesus can be seen. So how do we shine in this way, in the midst of the darkness all around us? Well, Paul tells us in this passage in Philippians 2, verses 14 to 18, he gives us two very concrete, practical ways each one of us can shine in a dark world. First, first way we shine, speak life. Speak life. One of the things that we see happening in our culture right now is this prevailing attitude of negativity, especially as it relates to how people communicate with or about each other on social media or other contexts. I mean, with COVID and the election and racial tension, there, there is this palpable anger and negativity that often surfaces in what we say about other people. I mean, the overall climate of communication on television or the internet or social media, as well as personal interactions, is predominantly negative. So how do we shine in a culture like that? Well, Paul tells us very bluntly, look at the beginning of this passage, verse 14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing 
so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Paul says in the midst of this atmosphere of negativity all around us, we are to choose to do everything without grumbling or arguing. Now, this word grumbling means to mutter. It means to murmur. It's describing this kind of underlying attitude of griping. You know, we, we would think that in a, in a culture like ours, where we have so much in the way of creature comforts, and fast food restaurants, and technology, and medical care, that we would be, one would think we would be the happiest people on the planet, but we're not. The more our culture caters to self, the more we tend to gripe and complain. Our order isn't right. Our food isn't warm. Our computer is too slow. Our phone's camera doesn't have enough pixels. Traffic was horrible. I mean, there are so many things we can gripe about, things that inconvenienced us, things that didn't go our way. And when we do so, when we gripe about those things, we blend right in with the self-absorption of our world. We don't shine at all. Our cable service, my cable service, Raylene and my, our cable service recently made a, a mistake and accidentally dropped our home phone number that we had had for 30 years. Now you would think getting it back would be a simple process, but it wasn't. Um, I spent hours on the phone over several days describing the problem to various employees who live halfway around the world. I was so frustrated and I made sure every one of them knew how frustrated I was. Um, and so I, I remember one call where I'm talking to this guy from like India or someplace like that. And I hear roosters I mean, not, not just in the background. I mean, they sounded like they were right there walking around. And I had this thought, here I am in my comfortable home complaining about my home phone number being dropped, a number we don't even really use, complaining to a guy who probably makes $2 an hour and is struggling to put food on his table. I wasn't shining for Jesus very well. My griping and grumbling had put my heart in a posture of ingratitude. See, that's what griping does. It feeds a self-focus, a blindness to the good gifts that we have been given. And that's not all that it does. It also begins to seep into our attitude, our attitude towards other people. I mean, I was making all sorts of judgments about the lack of intelligence of these people on the other end of the phone. I mean, this is the second word Paul mentions here. He says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. This word arguing speaks of stirring up dissension and conflict. And in our grumbling, we start to make judgments about other people. Everyone who disagrees with us is an idiot. Everyone who inconveniences us is incompetent. Right? And, and Jesus makes it very clear that when we make judgments like that, when we make judgments against people... It not only impacts our heart, it also poisons the soil of our relationships. It spreads and it does tons of damage. There is this painful reminder of this in the book of Numbers in the Old Testament where God has, had just miraculously deliver, delivered his people from slavery in Egypt. 
And now he brings them to this amazing promised land filled with fruit and honey, all these wonderful things. And so they send 12 spies to go check out the land. And then when they come back, two of them, Caleb and Joshua, are like, this land is amazing. We got to go for it. God promised this land. Let's go for it. But the other 10, the 10 other spies, focus instead on the size of the people in the land. They said, we can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are. We seem like grasshoppers to them. So we're told that these 10 spies spread a bad report. They're griping. They just kind of spread a bad report. And guess what happened? Look at this, Numbers 14. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us this land only to let us fall by the sword? Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? These 10 spies who started griping basically caused a griping pandemic to spread through the entire nation of Israel. The whole community start grumbling. They start grumbling first against Moses and Aaron, but then notice where their grumbling ultimately lands. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? They're actually grumbling against God. That's the ultimate and truly insidious problem with our grumbling and complaining. It reveals a lack of trust in our God, in his goodness, in his power, a lack of gratitude to him for his provision. As Paul says here in verse 15, we, we are to live like children of God. That's what he says. We are to live like children of God. But when we gripe and complain, we are not living as children of God. We are not reflecting to the world a deep, abiding trust in and love for our Savior. We're just blending right in with the prevailing self-centered attitude of the day. We blend right in when we're complaining. Look, we all, we all know right now, right? There are plenty of things. We can all admit this. But there are plenty of things to grumble and complain about. I mean, can we, can we just admit that? We all know this is true. There are plenty of things to complain about. Mask wearing, social media posts, politics, weather, restrictions, inconveniences, our roommate, our spouse, our kids, our parents, our neighbors, you name it. But what if in this season, when there is plenty of stuff to complain about, what if we chose to not do that? What if as we, we as Christ followers refused to grumble, complain, and argue? What, what if we chose instead to speak life and blessing on social media to our neighbor whose car is still parked out front, to the Comcast person trying to help us, to the person driving too slow in our lane, to the coworker who disagrees with us about politics or whatever, See, Paul says, by choosing to do that, we would shine like stars in the sky. We would be living as beloved children of God with hearts filled with gratitude rather than grumbling. We would be speaking life into people rather than judgment. And in doing so, we would be shining a bright light onto Jesus in the midst of a very dark world. 
Okay, so here's a specific challenge for each one of us. Here we go. Try, here's the challenge. Try to go one day without complaining or grumbling about anything. 24 hours without any grumbling or arguing. Try it, 24 hours. It is harder than you think. When I have tried this in the past, the first thing I notice is how often I gripe about things, how often I complain. It is so eye-opening and frustrating because it reveals how self-absorbed my heart can be. But it also reveals how powerfully the light of Jesus can shine through me when I choose to speak life instead. Which leads to a second powerful way to shine in a dark world. Serve others. Serve others. Look at what Paul says next. Then you will shine like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. See, Paul says that we will shine brightly in a dark world as we hold firmly to the word of life. Okay, so what is this word of life? Well, that's a reference to the gospel. What Jesus has done for us on the cross. The gospel invites us into a radically different way of living than the world around us. See, the core value of our world is self, right? Self. Live for self. Do what you want to do. Do what you need to do to get ahead to meet your needs. It's all about self. And if we live that way, we blend right in. We blend right in. We don't shine. We just blend right in. But because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, he invites us into a different way of living where our core purpose and identity and love get shifted from self to him, where Jesus is now at the center of all that we do and and who we are. We, We are invited to follow him. Just as he gave his life for us, we are invited to give our lives for him. And now there's a beautiful way that Paul describes this in this passage. Look again at verse 17. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering, Paul is talking about his life being poured out as a sacrifice to Jesus. He's talking about his death, dying because of his faith in Jesus. I mean, that's the ultimate sacrifice, right? one that most of us will not be asked to face. But notice in this passage, we are invited into another experience of this pouring out. Paul talks about how his drink offering, his life being poured out, is combined with another offering. Look again at verse 17. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering, on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, See, he's talking about the way the Philippians are living their lives. Their faith in Jesus is is moving them to live lives of sacrifice and service to others. In a society where there is a whole lot of shouting and anger and pontificating and blaming and all these voices and opinions blending together, there is a way of living that stands out. There is a way of living that shines like the stars in the sky. It's the way of sacrifice and service to others. To serve is to shine. 
rather than cursing the darkness, we can choose to give of ourselves and to serve those who are in need around us, those who are lonely, those who are broken, those who are hurting. I mean, one of the most influential people in the last several decades on this planet was this humble, unassuming woman who lived and served in the slums of Calcutta, India, caring for the poor and forgotten. Mother Teresa's life shone brightly, not because her voice was the loudest, but because her life was given in service to others for the sake of Jesus. What would it look like for our lives to be poured out as a drink offering in service to others? I'm not talking about moving into the slums of Calcutta, unless God may be calling you to a ministry like that, some ministry overseas, which would be awesome. But, but this life of service is a privilege we all have every day at work, at home, at school, as we ask Jesus, where can I serve you by serving those around me? There are so many needs around us right now, people who feel lonely or disconnected, people who need a listening ear, a meal taken to them, a lawn mode, a friendship, an encouraging note. What a privilege we have to serve other people in Jesus' name and by doing so to shine. I was talking with a guy recently who was nearing retirement and he said, you know, I love golf, but I don't want to retire and play golf every day. There's got to be more to life than that. Um, and he, he, he then began to talk with me about how much joy he has gotten by serving at the local food bank. The people he's gotten to know, the stories that he's heard, these heartbreaking stories that he's heard. See, the, the gospel says that's where life is found. That's where life is found. That's where purpose is found. That's where joy is found. It, 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 it's not in just doing what we want to do and everything for ourselves. It's in giving of ourselves to serve others. In fact, look again at, at Paul's last line in this passage. He says, because of their love for Jesus and service to others, he says, I am glad and rejoice with all of you, so you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Paul is rejoicing that he and these Philippian believers are able to give their lives in service to others for the sake of Jesus. To serve is to shine. Now, I got to admit, this serving stuff doesn't come naturally or easy to me. I mean, maybe you can relate, maybe not. If not, great, but maybe you can relate. It, you know, serving, it doesn't always fill me these warm fuzzies. In fact, my default is so often self. Serving is too much of an inconvenience. I'd rather do my own thing, do my own schedule, stay at home, just stay at home tonight, watch some Netflix or whatever. I mean, that's often the instinctive pull of our hearts, right, towards self. But there is a deeper desire in our hearts. In your heart and mind, there is a deeper desire, a desire that God, the Spirit, has placed within us, a desire to see Jesus glorified, to shine his light in an incredibly dark World. And sometimes that means our choosing to let our lives, our preferences, our schedules be poured out like a drink offering for Jesus. When you and I choose to speak life instead of grumbling and arguing, we shine 
in the darkness. When you and I choose to serve others rather than self, we shine in the darkness. Our job, friends, our job is not to curse the darkness or complain about the darkness or fear the darkness. Our job, our purpose is to shine in the darkness. The darker it gets in our society or in our workplace or in our school, the more brightly we are able to shine for Jesus. Amen. Let's pray together. So Holy Spirit, we just quiet our heart right now and ask you to speak to us. We, we've heard this, we, we, we just heard this message, but now we want you to speak to us and apply it in specific ways. So Holy Spirit, how well are we shining? Let's just take a moment. I just want you to think, and me too, I want us just to think about our words. How often do we grumble and gripe? How often do we complain? How often do we argue? And what impact is that having on our ability to shine for Jesus? Let's just take a moment and just confess. If, if you feel prompted, just confess this tendency of ingratitude to gripe, to grumble, to complain. Just ask for Jesus' forgiveness and cleansing. God, would you help us see, maybe it's just doing this 24-hour challenge, just help us see this area of our lives. And we pray that you would, as we see it, you would help us stop and seize the opportunity to speak life and blessing rather than griping and complaining. And that as a result, we would shine. We would, we would shine your light into our workplace, into our home, into our, our, our school, wherever we are. So that's one hour area. What about the second area of serving? Where, where are we serving others? Are we willing to lay down our preferences in order to serve someone in Jesus' name? So Holy Spirit, we, we're just going to quiet our heart. Just take a moment, speak to us about this area. Where are you inviting us to serve? Holy Spirit, we acknowledge our tendency towards self. I acknowledge that in my own heart, and I, we ask forgiveness, and we pray you would stir that deeper desire to live for Jesus.
to serve others. So I pray for that, and I pray more than anything in the midst of this society that is so focused on self right now, in the midst of this culture, Lord, and all the the negativity, God, would you fill us, Holy Spirit, enable us to shine brightly. No matter how dark things get, we can shine brightly by speaking life and by serving others. So help us do that. More and more for your glory, we pray. And now we ask you just to soften our heart as we respond to you and worship. We love you. We worship you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. See what you can do, oh God of wonders. Your power has no end. The things you've done before in greater measure, you will do again. Cause there's no prison or you can't break through. Mountain, you can move. All things are possible. And there's no broken body you can't raise. No soul that you can't save. All things are possible. The darkest night, you can light it up. You can. Light
Back to Pastor Allen's sermon a bit, and I, I kind of have to. I'm, I'm kind of inspired <laughs> by the sailboat. I yes. Um, I, so, so I brought it out as this this comical thing, um, but it actually like like came back full force during Pastor Allen's sermon. Um, during the time that he was, you know, talking about the the darker the sky is, the brighter the the stars are, and um, and I think. Um, I have a ton of very eclectic friends who have these like dreams of going sailing and hoisting the sails. Moana. And, <laughs> and, and there's, yeah, just like Moana. Um, but um, there's this idea of being able to go out apart from a compass or a GPS and, and to be on the ocean and see the 
stars shining and to guide your ship by the stars. And I just, I got so inspired by Pastor Allen's sermon today. And I just, I have a desire for us just to sit in that and just soak it in. Um, so um, there's this poem um, that, um, that that the poet is actually talking to the, the people that are encountering encountering his poem, and he says says something like, "I hope that this poem is like a tough piece of meat that gets taught or caught there inside of." your teeth that you have to pick and claw out before you swallow it. <laughs> um, and I think some of the best sermons are, are mm-hmm. kind of like that type of sermon that it gets caught. It's not very easily kind of able to go so down. Good. So I hope that that's how it was for it. you. You can yes. chew on this one. Also, you guys, we have um, kind of some other ways that you can respond, and there's going to be a slide that comes up after our time here today. Um, we so appreciate your generosity, and um, we thank you for partnering with us um, so that we can uh, help people in our community um, and around the world. So we have easy ways that you can do that. You can text to give. Um, you can also give a recurring gift or one-time gift online. Uh, Also, we want to pray for you. So um, if you're watching this, um, when we're not available to chat with you and pray with you um, in real time, we would love to pray for you. And you can text this number um, and we will have somebody get in contact with you. So thank you so much for the time today. And thank you for inviting us into your space. Thank you. It's our honor to be here. Um, I want to pray a blessing to kind of, you know, begin and to close and to open and to close our time <laughs> together um, during the time that, that you're, you're here. So um, please accept this blessing. May you shine. May you shine. May you shine. May you shine. May you know who you are to the depths of your soul. May you know that you are a daughter. May you know that you are a son. May you know the inheritance and the calling that you have as a daughter and son of God. May you be like a bright shining star in the dark sky. The darker it gets, may you radiate. May you have courage. May you have bravery. And may you be excited about this day, your call, your purpose, and your Father who hugs and sees you and delights in you and finds joy in who you are. In Christ I pray, in Christ I proclaim. Amen.